So, hey, David, it's so amazing to have you here today. I'd love for you to introduce us to you and what it is that you do. And then we can dive straight in and see where this episode takes us. I think this is going to be a super, super interesting one, a super interesting one. You've set the bar really high. Thank you for having me, first of all. <laughs> I thought I'd come in with that that energy, you know. <laughs> it's going to be the most amazing podcast ever. Ever. Like... We're going to solve every problem of the universe in this one episode. No, no pressure, but that's what we're going to do. Uh, I, I am David Strickle, and I channel uh, source consciousness that we refer to as the stream. It's a stream of consciousness. Uh, it's not human. It's never been human. It's not a, a group of entities or any of that stuff. It, it is the core of source that I believe we all have access to. We all have it flowing to us in our own way. And over my lifetime, I have been receiving it. And I, I think the thing that's different for me, perhaps, than a lot of other people is that my childhood was such that I never learned to tune it out. Mm-hmm. I never, I was never really taught to tune into 3D. I was essentially left to my own devices as a child. And that ended up, it was a very painful thing as a child because it created a lot of uh, trauma and drama in my life. Uh, But I don't think it's exclusive to me, certainly. But listening to that inner voice and always going back to the inner voice because it it was really all I had, that ended up being my greatest gift. And then taking that inner voice into adulthood, and even though I kept that aspect of me hidden through a lot of my young adult life, um, you know, that, that ended up being the stream and ended up giving me tools to, to navigate life and solve problems and not only solve problems, but learn to experience everything that flows from a much higher perspective. Mm. So I'm not your, uh, your motivational guru that's going to come on and say, you know, I'm going to teach you how to get rich and you're going to lose all this weight and you're going to have the perfect partner and you're just going to crush life. Absolutely, what the stream offers will improve your life, but it really is about going with the flow and learning to deeply appreciate all the twists and the turns and see the beauty and all of the flaws and all of the imperfections of life. Mm. That's what that message has been about. Yeah, that's that came through so beautifully. Do you have a moment in your childhood where you first remember that guidance coming through and, and speaking to you and? and actually giving you those tools when you were younger? Lots of moments. There was a very profound turning point for me when I was 14 years old. And to give a little backstory, my father left when I was six. He went and married uh, his mistress and started another family and wasn't terribly involved in my life or my brother's life. And he didn't disappear completely, but he just wasn't really involved. And our mother, who I now would say would be diagnosed as someone who was mentally ill, who was never treated, she really just retreated to her bedroom and didn't want to be a parent, uh, didn't want to participate in life anymore. And that's how she lived the rest of her life for many, many, many decades. And so I was sort of left to my own devices. I was the younger of two children. Uh, I was six, like I said, when he left. And from that point on, it was sort of like, you've got a roof over your head, you've got food to eat. But there's really not going to be any guidance or caring or any of that stuff. You're on your own. And as we all know, that can go a couple of different ways. And usually it goes down the path of, you know, the child getting into a lot of trouble and and doing a lot of stuff like that. And I did some of that. But really, you know, it it guided me to my own worthiness. Uh, But again, I wasn't a perfect child. So at 14, 
I was having this massive uh, spin out with my mother. Uh, you know, I was wanting to rebel and, and I was becoming, you know, an adult and just doing all that normal teenager stuff, really. And she was really hell bent, if you will, on taking me down. She was really in a low, uh, low vibrational state of, of operation, if you will. And she wanted me there with her. Mm-hmm. And she, we were in a fight about, I don't even know what. And I remember her uh, saying some of the things that she had always said, you know, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're all of this kind of stuff. And she was, re- she really bottled all that up into one, uh, you know, just all the stuff came pouring out. You're so dumb. You're so, uh, you know, ugly. Everyone hates you. All, all of that kind of stuff coming out of her. And that voice in me really rose up and said, this is all about her. It's not about you. And you need to find appreciation for her in where she is rather than being the victim in this. And it was just like this instantaneous read on the situation. And, you know, I think I pushed back a little bit, you know, that that may be your life and your experience, but it's not going to be mine. That was a massive turning point for me. When that bit of clarity came in that she was such an unhappy being that she was trying to pull me into her vibration basically because that's where she was comfortable and she, she wanted to see me there with her. She, she was lonely. She wanted company in that misery, right? And I just refused to be there. But my finding appreciation for her allowed me to allow her to have her independent experience. Mm-hmm. And to try to save her. Because I think in a lot of cases, when someone gets that level of clarity, their ego kicks in and immediately they want to save that other person. And the clarity that I got from source was she's having exactly the experience that her soul is desiring to have. We have a 3D egocentric, what, what I refer to in the stream refers to very often as the matrix, the collective consciousness of humanity. We have this sort of ego-centered idea that we're supposed to save other people from their experiences, but then we lose ourselves in doing that and we get drawn right back into their vibration. And I learned very, just instantaneously, that that's not the path. The path is to let her be herself and have her experience, not absorb any of the stuff that she's saying about me and create my own vibrational journey. And from that point forward in my life, I did. Mm, That's such powerful guidance to lead the pathway for you to map out the rest of your life in a way that was true to your soul. And and I wonder in that moment where where you saw this, you saw this part of you that you didn't want to experience, right? This life that you didn't want to experience. And at the same time, realizing that there was a new life that could unfold for you, a way that your being truly wanted to express itself in the world. And how did you hold space for your, for your mom and for other people that have come into your field without judgment as well at the same time? Because obviously we've got this, we don't want to experience that and we we see them, but there's also that level of compassion and non-judgment that's required in these moments. So how did you also bring that into the equation and, and integrate that into how you showed up as well? That's a really good question because a, a huge part of the practice that has emerged from all of this that, that we'll get into in a moment is, is detuning judgment. And of course, at that age and that stage of my life, I had not read any self-help book or spiritual book or anything <laughs> like that. So the concept of judgment wasn't really front of mind. It was really just that clarity that she is she is a product of her her vibrational journey, and she's having an experience that her soul is here to have, and it's not for me to judge. I, I can 
I can let her be here. That doesn't mean that I completely disconnected from her. I did a lot of nice things for her. I started making money in my teens. Uh, I understood the law of attraction very early on and how you can attract things even when they're not present. Certainly we were very poor, but I started making more money than she did even in my teens. And I started taking care of her financially to a point. And, but I wasn't trying to change her. I wasn't trying to convince her to, to follow me or to, to do uh, anything different, just allowing her to have her experience. And the, the interesting thing is, is that in the detuning of judgment of her, that was a process for me because there was still something present there because we had another blow up 10 years forward, uh, about 10 years forward. Around the time I was 24, I had really made peace with her and let her be who she was. I'd moved away. Uh, and I decided to come out to her as a gay man. Uh, and when I did, she cut off all communication for the rest of her life. The next 20 years, I never spoke to her again. And that showed me that there was still more work to do because that became a painful experience for me. It's sort of like I recreated that, that moment at 14 where we had this combustible experience where it all kind of came to a head. And I spent the next 10 years sort of just letting her be her and even supporting her in some ways. And then there was, there was like another layer that I needed to work on. Mm. And that time, when, you're, when you are good to your mother and make peace with her and then you tell her again, she disowns you, that creates, you know, that, that, that I went back into that judgment field of, oh my gosh, this is so bad. But right away, I've never liked pity. And so as an adult, when you would say to someone that, you know, you're not in communication with your mother uh, and why you get that pity response, oh, you poor thing. And I never wanted that. I'm like, no, 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 this is, you know, this is okay. This is who she is. I'm who I am. I understood very early that that was a, another amazing experience for me because all of this separation from parental guidance uh, drove me to my own inner guidance, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that was a really good thing for me. But I also saw that I had more stuff to work on, some more detuning. And I realized after she passed, she uh, passed in 2014, I believe. And, you know, I wasn't around her. I just, you know, became aware of it because of my brother. And he called and told me, and I really made peace with her after that, that, okay, you've completed your journey here. You've released all of that. I was pretty deep into appreciation of her at that point. And I, she came to me in a dream. And in this dream, she was the version of herself that I believed she would have loved to have been. Mm. She, was, uh, she didn't have any kids in the dream. She was living in this beautiful house on this lake. And she had these little poodles. She always loved poodles. She had these little dogs running around. And she was like picking out clothes. She loved clothes. And she can never afford nice things. And so finally she was like living in this nice home with these nice clothes and these dogs running around. And I just saw that this was her showing me that in her completed state, that she is at peace and, and she is in joy. And that was you know, my mind's way of creating that image imagery that she's at peace now and that I'm at peace with her. And so now when I reference my mother, that's what I go to. You know, not the verbally abusive and physically abusive person I grew up with. I go to that, that, that completed version of her that had her physical journey that most people would have labeled, you know, bad or wrong or, you know, not very expensive or whatever, but it was incredibly expensive for her as an eternal being to come and have a life that really had very little, if any joy in it whatsoever. And you know, she lived well into her, she lived into her early seventies, I believe. And I can't recall her having any joy in life at all. 
and to, mm-hmm. to come and live a joy, joyless life and then understand that on the other side, that soul is saying that's exactly the experience for expansion that was desired and appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Just fully being able to appreciate that that's exactly what was and then appreciate my role in that, which was, gosh, you know, I chose these disconnected parents so that I could have this inner journey and never let go of, of my source connection and then ultimately live to share it with others. Mm, that's a really powerful journey. And, and I see how you're looking at it there from a very bird's eye perspective as well, like looking at it from a source perspective rather than this notion of what's good and what's bad. And, and almost how you said there that she had peace and it brought her peace and how she had that experience. And if you're looking at it through this lens of, of oneness, of how we're all connected, all the same thing at a core level, that also allowed you to experience peace, right? Because at the same time, we're also seeing reflections of ourselves through these through these people that play roles in our lives, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The, all, all of these co-creators of a human journey that create expansion for the soul. And that's, that's how I make sense of humanity through the, the, the source message that I share is that we're not here for perfection. We, I understand that we desire pleasure and we desire beautiful scenery and we desire serendipitous moments and laughter and, and fun, but life is not all that for anyone. Mm. But if you think about it, if we live our entire life just in, in joy and appreciation and no challenges and no struggle and no pain and no trauma, we're not expanding in that. We're loving the experience of it, but our desire for that stuff is what drives us through all of the pain, mm. believing there's a brighter day, believing there is another sunset to enjoy or another, you know, nice, cool morning or another, uh, you know, hearing a child's laughter or seeing a puppy play or the stuff that we all really love. There's more of that to be experienced, but along the way, there's going to be these obstacles and these twists and turns that we create for ourselves. But the moving through those unwanted experiences makes us a more sophisticated being Mm. and new creation that think of all of the new creation that comes from things that we consider a problem. We are all problem solvers, right? Humanity. Look at all the things that we create everything because we think that, gosh, we need shelter. We need food. We need comfort. We need to be able to travel. We want to communicate. uh, We want to be more social with people globally. Look at all the stuff that we have created based on that. And in that, we expand. And not only do we expand as a human being, we expand consciousness, the wholeness of consciousness. And that wholeness of consciousness essentially is the universe. So it's like this never-ending cycle of physical expression that I believe is infinite, where we are, we are expressing in physical and every physical environment is polarized. So there's going to be positive and negative in any physical environment. This idea that there are these utopian physical places, the stream has been very clear that that's not true. There's no need for that in physical because in non-physical, you already have that going on. But there's no expansion available in that perfection. You, you've got to project into physical and experience polarity. And in the experience of polarity, your vibration is always going to go down. You're always going to have these spin outs in your life. You're always going to have obstacles and things to solve. And ultimately we're going to spin ourselves right out of physical (laughs) back into non-physical. And it's a perfect, it's really 
a perfect system for expansion of consciousness. And the consciousness is everything. That is God, that is source, that is all of us collectively. That consciousness that I speak of, that, we, that I refer to as source, is the universe. The physical expression of it is like sort of a byproduct of it. But that mm. is the universe, and we're all part of it. And I guess you could apply that to pretty much everything, like the internal experience is what's truly real, and everything else that you experience on the outside is like a byproduct of, of that internal experience. I wanted to tune into something that you mentioned earlier about like the fact that within the problem there's always an opportunity for expansion right and I guess that's really about working with your triggers and really beginning to see that it's not a problem unless you perceive it to be one whereas you can perceive it the challenge the problem the the bad situation in a different lens in a different perspective so how would you say is the best way for people to work with their triggers and a way for them to move through this this resistance and these problems with a with a greater sense of ease to actually learn what they're there to learn and expand from that another fantastic question so thank you for uh teeing teeing this topic up because i love to talk about it we we talk a lot about in our teachings of vibrational flow. And we're all aware of vibrational flow. We're all aware of the fact that some days our vibration is higher. We are more joyful for no particular reason. And other days we're less than that. Some days we're really down our spiral, so to speak, and uh, down in, in a really negative space. And that's because of polarity. We're in this polarized environment that creates this vibrational flow for us. And in that vibrational flow, we're going to dip down uh, we use a tool called the, the virtual vibrational spiral. And we talk about neutral. And once you get below neutral, you're really disassociated from your natural source state of being by design. And that disassociation is where you start to have negative experiences. You start to, you know, and we all, I, I think anyone that's listening to, to this type of broadcast is probably thinking in terms of attracting unwanted things into their paths and realizing how much power we have because we absolutely do that. You wake up in the morning, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, you spill your coffee, you bump into the wall, you get out into traffic or you get into public transportation or whatever you do and nothing's going right. But we have the power in that moment to change our vibration and instantaneously change the experience the rest of the day. It's, it's magical when you really claim your power to do that. Well, when it comes to triggers, I have found that I am only triggered when I'm below neutral. If I am really up there, really in that high vibrational source space of appreciation of all that is, loving everything, including myself, which is very important, I'm not going to be triggered. If I'm getting triggered by something, I, I'm down below. And if I'm getting triggered by something, usually it's because mm -hmm. I have some baggage around that topic. We talk about a vibrational basement. We all have this stuff that we you know, store in our vibrational basement. And there's a belief that we have uh, utilized to create the trigger. So everything that triggers us is rooted in our beliefs. So if mm -hmm. something happens to you and you believe that it's wrong and it's bad and it was evil and it was painful and it was traumatic and all these labels that we give to things, that's stored in your vibrational basement all the time. It's always down there. And when your vibration, when vibrational flow takes you down, sometimes just naturally, you have more access to that stuff and the triggers pop up. And for most of humanity, for what I refer to as the matrix, we are taught you have this trigger, you have no control over it. Suddenly you're down in this lower vibration. You're angry, you're hurt, 
uh, you're experiencing all this negative emotion because you've been triggered by something and you sort of stay there for a little while. And then in time, vibrational flow is going to pull you out of that naturally. And what happens is, is that once we're out of it, that's the last thing we want to think about mm-hmm. because it was so painful to be down in that trigger space that we, okay, I'm out of that space now. Let's just forget about that and let's just move forward. I don't want to go back there. Well, what we do in, in the practice that we teach is we learn over time to start meeting our obstacles sooner and sooner and sooner in joy, catching mm-hmm. ourselves when we're triggered. And in that catching ourselves and saying, ah, you know, I, I appreciate the clarity that I have this thing in my vibrational basement that's causing this trigger. Mm-hmm. And that appreciation, that little bit of appreciation is enough to raise your vibration enough so that you can start to really deal with the trigger. Mm-hmm. So instead of looking up and thinking, gosh, I just want to get back up my spiral and forget about this. We go up enough to where we can look back at it. Let me explore this. Mm-hmm. Almost like from that observational perspective there. Right. You're going to raise your vibration above neutral because once you get above neutral, and this is a tool that we've created, this isn't some universal law. This is a very 3D human tool, but it works really well. So once you get above neutral, you then have your natural source connection more present with you. And when you have that source connection present, you're now capable of new thought. You're capable of creation. Uh, When you're above neutral, that's where all of the new stuff happens. Everything below neutral is recycled everything. It's all, and think about how we are when we're in a lower vibration. We're reliving old painful things. We're recycling limiting beliefs. We just recycle down there. Your creativity is always in that above neutral space. So we want to get above neutral so that we have that power of creativity on our side so that we can solve the trigger. I'll give you an example. The last time uh, I'm in the United States and the last time that I was triggered was back on January 6th of 2021. You probably heard that our capital <laughs> was invaded in the United States. Uh, and I was very triggered by that. And I'm really, I'm not into politics. I always say, gosh, I don't care who wins the presidency. I don't care who's in control because ultimately I create my life. I don't give it any power. And I really do feel that way. And because I haven't had a presidential election trigger me in years and years and years. And, and if you know about American politics, you know, it swings <laughs> both ways pretty dramatically. And this was really triggering for me, though. It was sort of I I never thought in my lifetime I would see that building invaded in that way. And I was really focused on the wrongness of it. This is so wrong. This is, you know, really disruptive to my belief system. And I caught myself a few minutes into the trigger. I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Detune. Why am I being triggered here? What's up with this? So I immediately appreciation. Here's something I get to detune now. So I put my, uh, my iPhone down. I left my office. I went into my living room, sat in my comfortable chair, did a little breath work, did a little meditation. Instantaneously, what arrived for me was that I had this belief in my vibrational basement, even though it wasn't about politics, I had this strong belief around justice and that created my trigger. And I thought, gosh, I have all these beliefs that I've worked through where everything is vibrational. Uh, you know, everything is, is an illusion that's happening here in physical. Uh, you know, every, everything is, 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 is just an experience that is being expressed in consciousness for the pr- purpose of expansion. There's really not even any wrong. So why in the world, if I believe there's no such thing eternally is wrong, I understand we have right and wrong as human beings, but from an eternal perspective, 
source is not viewing anything that we do in this world as wrong. That's a human thing. This right and wrong concept is very human. And I understand that. And I carry that through my life most of the time. But apparently I was already below neutral. If I weren't below neutral, I would have not been sitting on my phone looking at news sites because I never do that. And I was looking for trouble essentially that day. And I got that clarity that, gosh, why do I need justice? This concept of justice is yet another creation of the matrix that polarizes us and lowers our vibration because something that really, really upsets people is this concept of injustice. But we live in a world of attraction. So when someone is doing something unjust to another being, they're going to receive something of equal value back from doing that karma, which is law of attraction. And we know that. And karma works so much better than any criminal justice system. So why do I need to worry about justice? And then I started thinking about appreciation. The people that were doing that were absolutely operating in their belief system that they were doing exactly what they needed to be doing in that moment. And all the people that you know I knew that were on Facebook freaking out about it were having their experience. They were having, you know, here's this idea of justice in their vibrational basement. They're acting on that. The clarity of that, and I can't tell you how, how much that raises my vibration to get that source level of clarity into there's nothing wrong or evil going on here. There's just experiences being had in physical that are all temporary. They are here to expand our consciousness and the consciousness of all that is. And when we get away from that right and wrong, it doesn't create more wrong. Mm. We, we, we have this concept, don't we, that, oh, gosh, well, if you don't have right and wrong, then everyone's going to be out murdering each other. Well, no, because if you, if you move away from that polarized right and wrong concept above neutral, you are moving into that love of all that is territory, and you're naturally not harming in that space. You, you are naturally creative and expansive in that space. We don't stay there all the time. But if humanity moved toward less polarization and more appreciation of all that is, think of how many problems would automatically be solved in that vibration. Mm, I really see that. And what a, what a beautiful way to imagine how things can start to unfold as we, as we all collectively kind of shift in our belief systems and how we perceive the world. I'm curious where do you think the balance is when you are when you're experiencing these triggers to move directly to appreciation or gratitude and to also be with the experience that you're having so also allowing yourself to feel those emotions that are coming to the surface and express them in in healthy ways that are no longer reactive to to what's actually happening like where do you find that balance is i think it's it's found in the in a practice that moves you out of that matrix because we're all operating in this matrix that runs heavily as we all know on fear and judgment. And I think all of humanity is seeking an exit from the matrix. They just are doing it in, in multiple you know, different ways, but we're all questioning. We're all questioning government. We're questioning religion. We're questioning policing. We're questioning everything, all of our elements of control. We are questioning like no other time in recorded history uh, across humanity. And if you go back a few generations, you realize we question so much more now than our parents and grandparents did. And I'm 54 years old. So I look at the younger generations and think, gosh, they question more than my generation does, certainly. 
And all of that questioning, you know, now you even have the idea of gender being thrown out. You know, everything is being questioned. Everything is being explored. And I'm, I'm here for that simply because so much of that is the matrix that you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to, uh, you know, do these certain things and live your life a certain way. But the, the flaw in that or the challenge in that, I should say, it's not a flaw. The challenge in that is that when you start to shatter all the old belief systems and you no longer have organized religion, you no longer have government, and then you're sort of out in this wilderness, this vibrational wilderness. And I'm speaking to an individual because you can have this individual experience, whether the rest of humanity is doing it or not, or where they are in it, it doesn't matter. So you've moved yourself out into the wilderness. And what happens out there is if you don't create another operating system for yourself, you're going to get drawn back into some sort of matrix created. That's where conspiracy theories come in and all of that stuff, because it's just too prevalent. We're, we're running on some sort of a belief system all the time. Even if your belief system is that you don't have a belief system, that is a belief system, right? So you have to create some structure for yourself. I think it is important for us to have structure and repetition. So the structure and repetition that I move toward is quiet time, going inward, meditation, being on Instagram, listening to podcasts, doing all the stuff that you and I do is fantastic for sparking your imagination and, and broadening your, your horizons, if you will, broadening your mind. But there's nothing that compares to that going inward, quiet time of moving back into self because source is in all of us. So as much as I love channeling and I love sharing what the stream has to say, I, they would say, first of all, don't become addicted to them. Listen to them, take the guidance if you so choose, go inward and experiment with it on yourself and see what it does for you and prove it to yourself. And if it's not working for you, go do something else. There's no dogma in it. So the going inward, quieting your mind will allow your natural source connection. It's not even a connection, it's in you. Your natural source being to be realized more often. And the more we're allowing that natural source being to step forward, the more we're naturally detuning this stuff. All of the, the, the progression of detuning transgressors, as we call them, that just becomes a natural practice the more source you are allowing. Because source is not judging your transgressors. Source is not focused on your trauma. Source is not taking you back to the past and saying, gosh, look at this horrible thing that happened. You need to make sure it never happens again. Because we know what happens when we do that. We're activating that vibration and we're actually recreating scenarios like that, whatever's traumatizing to us again and again and again in our lives until we finally choose to solve it if we do. And the solving of it is always found in the detuning of it, not in the continued demonization of it. We keep that stuff alive and judging it. You know, I was abused as a child. It was wrong. It was terrible. It should have never happened to me. My parents were awful. They were perpetrators of this. I did nothing to deserve it. All of that language is language of the matrix. And unfortunately, what it does is it keeps us stuck in that vibration. And we move through forgiveness, which forgiveness is a fantastic journey to, to venture into. But I have discovered that forgiveness doesn't go far enough into the appreciation field. Forgiveness is sort of a rest stop on the way to full-blown appreciation. I forgave my mother years and years ago, but I didn't fully detune all of that until I came to deeply understand her, which led me to appreciation of her journey. So that appreciation of everything. And now I've worked with people all over the world, thankfully, who have learned to do this practice 
and I have worked with people who have, have performed this, this practice on the most horrific topics you can imagine, murdered children, you know, things of that nature. And it works for everyone on every single topic. And the reason I throw that extreme thing out there so early is because immediately when people hear this, because of what the matrix teaches us, they throw the brakes on. Well, wait a minute, David, I can't, I can't appreciate X, Y, Z. You don't understand how traumatic that was. It was awful. I understand that we, we are there for a time, but I also understand that the true power of expansion is moving through that and getting onto the other side of it. You're in your own way in your own time, certainly, but getting yourself to that other side where you can look back at anything and appreciate it. Mm, wow. There's so much to unpack there. <laughs> I think like what I'm hearing in that is like, it's actually like being with your experience and allowing your experience to guide you in this natural way, not going up to find the things that have created this experience. And instead, if triggers do come and when they do come, allowing them to be and then allowing them to teach you in that natural way. Okay, what am I learning from this? Like, what am I receiving from this moment? And then shifting through into that state of, of gratitude or appreciation, as you say. And I, and I wonder if you would share, I know you have your, your method as well. I'd wonder if you'd share for people who are tuning in now, like what are some ways that they can detune those moments as they come to the surface? Um, if, like, if they're in that moment in, in real time, so to speak. I think a, a good piece of advice when you're just starting this, first of all, is don't try to dive into the most traumatic things. Try to work on detuning little things as they pop up. And every little thing has value. Detuning every little judgment. You know, there are preferences, certainly. You know, we, we like red, we don't like blue. That's a preference. That's all that is. But we like red, we don't like blue, and therefore we think blue should be abolished and shouldn't exist and no one should experience blue. Well, that's judgment, right? So there's a difference there. And being able to tell the difference between discernment and judgment, first of all. And then secondly, understanding that the starting to detune the little things as a habit throughout the day will become a habit where you're just automatically detuning on autopilot. It just becomes imprinted in your subconscious mind and you just start doing it naturally, which is great. And it takes some time to do it. We refer to the Taya practice, which is the practice of uh, trusting your abundance. And we've created that around the streams teachings. It's, it's essentially the practical application of the streams teachings. And in Taya, we detune systematically all day, every day, these little things pop up in our, in our field. And we're instantaneously judging as that shouldn't be, I shouldn't be experiencing this. And when we judge that, then we suffer in that judgment. So we catch ourselves. And when you catch yourself judging something and creating your own suffering in the process, you can catch yourself and realize what you're doing. And that's clarity. And when you catch yourself doing it and realizing it over something small, usually, then you can work on detuning it. Well, gosh, what if I didn't judge this? What if I just appreciated it? Or what if I, instead of even thinking about this thing that I'm judging, I shift my focus to three other things that I can look for to appreciate in the moment. And mm -hmm. it's, and it sounds tedious. And in the beginning, it might be tedious because you're trained, you're retraining your brain to look at what's right instead of what's wrong, but then it becomes habitual. And then when the big stuff comes up, when the triggers come up, you can start employing this on those. And I have taught people and it, it's taken years to get to where I am with detuning. And I still feel like there's so much more. 
I don't think we ever get to a place where we cross this finish line of detuning transgressors in this world. I don't think we cross the finish line to some level of enlightenment that brings perfection. Uh, I quit looking for perfection because I really appreciate the perfection of imperfection now because the, the experiencing challenges and crafting a solution in source connection to overcome them is, is why we come to physical. It's our purpose of being in physical. And we have a matrix that tells us that all of our problems should be solved. Think about how much energy, how much noise we have that is focused on the problem. And the idea of always focusing on the problem is that these things need to be solved. That's why I laugh at politics because, again, I'm 54. I've lived enough decades to where the politicians, when I was a little kid in the early 70s, when I first became aware of television and what was being said, they're saying the same things now that they were saying back then. You know, the problems don't get solved. People get themselves elected in the idea of solving problems that never get solved. So why even pay mm. attention to that stuff? The problems solve themselves when you find appreciation for the problem as opposed to the demonization of the problem. And that's huge because we have been taught to demonize our problems. You shouldn't be experiencing this. You should, it's not fair that you're sick. It's not fair that you're poor. It's not fair that you're this and that. And we're told that and it's very disempowering to what be told that, that we're is, victims. What do you think that is within us collectively and individually that, that, that has us wanting to actually seek out problems and also be in the problem, as you said, as the, the victim of that, that problem? What do you think it is? Like I think that, that is, I think that is the matrix. I think the matrix, mm -hmm. uh, again, it's polarized. So there's positive to the matrix and there's negative. The positive of the matrix is it created structure for humanity to expand in 3d, uh, formal education, technology, all of these things were structured because there was a matrix there telling everyone what to do and what to think and how to behave. But now we've created so much that my personal belief is we don't need it anymore. You know, it's sort of like we had these training wheels and we could kick those off now and just fly because I, I think that if we took this belief system and went back to the 1940s or 1950s, it wouldn't work. It took the progression of humanity. And I think a, a, a huge part of this is our ability to communicate, our ability to sit and chat just like we are right now. I don't even, where are you, by the way? What country are you? Ibiza in Spain. Oh, that's so cool. I've not been it's to Spain. An that's amazing. That's place. on my uh, <laughs> list list of places to go very soon. It's so great. that's really cool. Ibiza, oh. the island, great place. Great yeah. energy here. So here we are globally, you know, mm. my uh, one of my best friends is Matt who lives in Australia, so the other side of the world, and I chat with him like this every week. Mm. And he's on my podcast all the time and you know, so we have this ability uh, to communicate globally. And that's really tearing down these barriers because we get together and realize that we're not that different. We all have sort of the same inner challenges, regardless of where we are geographically or what we look like. And then we start to say, gosh, you know, my religion taught me that too. And that didn't work for me. And my government does this thing and it doesn't really seem to help anything. And so we're kind of comparing notes and we're realizing maybe those institutions of control that brought us to this point, we can appreciate them, but we can start to move on from them. And it's not about battling them and destroying them. And, you know, that's that idea, again, of the matrix that anything that mm -hmm. isn't your, your preference needs to be destroyed. That's polarized judgment. It doesn't. And that's something that I would love to see humanity move toward is appreciation of all that is, because something that's happening in all of this is as we move ourselves out of the matrix, 
we're seeing a greater divide and people are becoming more polarized than ever, it seems. I, you know, the pandemic, look at all the polarization around that. And I think in the United States, it's more acute than in most places. But, you know, these ideas that I am right and you are wrong and I have, there's no space for me to budge even an inch on my opinion. But that's all it is, is an opinion. And when you really get your vibration up through daily meditation or, or however you're going inward, then you are able to appreciate all that is just more naturally and you're just not as bothered by things. When, um, when, when Trump was elected president in the United States, a lot of people in my personal life were really upset by that. We're really against it. And I just didn't have that reaction. I just said, I, I don't give politics that much power. Uh, I think it's kind of entertaining. You know, it's just one of those things that I'm not going to demonize this, this situation mm -hmm. because I've been down this road before where somebody was elected and people around me thought the world was going to end and it didn't. And, you know, we move forward in our lives. Well, you, you come to see how illusionary everything really is mm -hmm. in our world and how you create your own path. And it doesn't matter where anybody is or what's happened in history there's always these stories of triumph through struggle and survival that we love. Well, why do we love that? Because we all know that it's possible for everyone. And those that don't have that journey, those that have the early demise or the painful journey, they're creating the situation, but we shouldn't judge that either. It's not victim blaming. It's we're all consciously creating our path. And there's paths that we look at as human beings and say, gosh, that that person shouldn't have ended their uh, experience that way, but that's a judgment. So the more we detune judgment, the less we think that way about everything. It just works across the board. But who am I to judge that? Who am I to judge their experience? I wasn't there. I'm seeing a picture. I'm watching a video. I'm hearing account, an account of it, but I was not there in that time and that vibration. And I can appreciate their journey. I can appreciate their demise even, for the experience that was had, because we're all eternal beings. We're all here having a temporary experience. And the more you move into that mindset, the more clear you are on your path as a human being, the path of humanity, and the more appreciation you have for it. And then the less suffering you get drawn into. And it's, it's a very magical way to experience life. And when we say appreciation, it's not about applauding or celebrating someone else's pain. Appreciation is deep understanding so much so that you can no longer judge it. And then once you're no longer judging it, there's nothing left but appreciation. Wow. I love that. I'm seeing like how much that invites like compassion and a real deeper connection with other people and also with yourself, because there's no need anymore for these, these almost glasses that see people as separate to us or, or different to us. And I think, that's a really beautiful thing to invite into this new world that we're all co-creating and, and the shift that we're seeing in consciousness as well. And I love we've caught, sort of tuned into quite a bit here on kind of this journey of what it's like to get to this point when you realize that you're a creator and you're consciously creating your reality with source. And for you, like, what do you think if people are starting to realize, okay, I, I want to start consciously creating my reality. I want to start bringing things in, right? I want to experience challenge um, in a different way what are some techniques or tips that you could give to people to actually start allowing that to to unfold in their in their reality and start creating the life that they want to experience i think a good first step is to get a clear picture 
of how programmed we are. <laughs> what? what <laughs> that's all. Let's go deep. That's it. That's just, all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Just completely deconstruct the bacon. We'll be here all day. <laughs> Not all, all lifetime doing yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> but think about just think about how you start to dissect life if you start to look at everything and question it without judgment. That's the thing. Wow. You know, the questioning, again, conspiracy theories, you can, uh, you know, you can jump on TikTok, uh, you get into Facebook, wherever you want to go that's, that's social that way, and you can get into a thread of conspiracy and you can start listening and you can start assigning yourself to that vibration. Oh, gosh, what if that's real? Now I'm hearing this from someone else and I'm seeing this evidence getting pieced together. Well, you can get drawn into any narrative. We, we know that. And you can also look at it and ridicule it and say, well, this is silly and this is stupid. And who believes that? And why would you listen to this stuff? But then you're judging it. So when you're viewing the matrix and learning to view it through appreciation as opposed to judgment, then you can become really, really good at knowing, gee, is that, a, is that reality or is that just a product of the matrix? And for me, reality is universal law. Reality is love all that is source is everything sources in all of us source is not judging source is not fearful. There's nothing to judge. There's nothing to fear. And anything that stokes fear and judgment is the matrix because our fear mechanism is really there just to keep us out of harm's way. You know, something is about to crush us or eat us, get out of the way. Right. But that has been exploited. And that's what mm -hmm. I call the matrix is that exploitation when human beings started clustering and all of a sudden leaders emerged and then all of a sudden there were consequences for behaviors and it just expanded and expanded and expanded from there until we got to where we are today, where we have all of these rules and all of these laws and we still haven't solved a damn problem. You know, people still kill each other. They still harm each other. Uh, there's still inequity. There's some people are starving to death while others, you know, can't buy enough yachts and mansions and things like that. So we have all of this imperfection going on in 3D and in physical, but understanding that all of that is just the matrix and that we can in, in any moment stop and realize, gosh, that's just the matrix. And I'm not going to demonize it because as soon as you start demonizing it, you're judging, you're lowering your vibration, you're separating yourself from source. And when you do that, then you're apt to be drawn right back into it. You're just going to be drawn into another version of it, maybe. So Remember that when you are loving and appreciating all that is without fear and judgment, and you're authentically there, not bypassing, not, you know, all of that stuff that, that a lot of people do when they get into spirituality, but authentically bringing yourself to that space, even if it's just for a moment, that is your source being realized. And that as a practice, you can allow more and more and more of that. And when you're in that space, you are not getting drawn into the matrix. You're just not you're going to get drawn back into it. We're going to go through vibrational flow. We're going to get drawn. You know, when I pick up my phone on January 6th and I see that people are invading the Capitol and <laughs> yeah, I have that experience. But the cool thing about that is, is that I had done enough work at that point to where instead of letting it just, you know, getting on Facebook, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is terrible. This is awful. Why aren't they doing something and all of that stuff? I have taught myself to, to catch myself in those moments. And I catch myself by saying, my reaction to this has, is not going to solve or change that. You know, that's mm -hmm. ego thinking that that's, that that's going to work that way. My reaction to this is revealing to me something that I might want to look at and might want to work on. How nice is that? Mm -hmm. And apply that to everything. 
everything. Mm -hmm. And when you apply that to everything as a habit, then all of a sudden you are doing the work to take yourself out of the matrix. You're clearing that stuff out of your vibrational basement. And then other things will bubble up. But in the practice, you get to where the practice of that becomes very joyful. It's work in the beginning, but then when you make it your habit, it's like, gosh, there's something else that just popped up that I can detune. You know, the mm. people that have been working at this <laughs> with me for a while, we all were geeks about this stuff now. Mm-hmm. I love it when something pops up and presents itself to me that's always there because all of that stuff in the vibrational basement, it drags our default vibration down. And our lives are a product of our default vibration. And we see that in other people. Sometimes it's easier than seeing in ourselves. These people that do seem like, gosh, they're happy most of the time. They're successful. Uh, they seem healthy. You know, they, they live a life of joy. They're doing the things that they want to do. And instead of being envious of that, just looking at that and thinking, gosh, where is their vibration? Well, usually we're witnessing someone who has a vibration of confidence. For whatever reason, mm. they have walked a path where they are confident beings. They believe in their worthiness. You know, they believe in their ability to, to move through any situation. They're not living in perfection, certainly. And if we don't know them, if we're just looking at their Instagram feed, we're really not seeing the reality. Of <laughs> but I'm talking about people that we really know. Mm. You know, when you see mm. that, you realize, gosh, there are people operating at different vibrations. And you can move out of a low default vibration into a higher one, but there's more work involved in doing it. But when you start to really love the work, then you see the low vibrational period as a great gift because there's so, again, there's more expansion available to the person that pulls themselves out of the muck than the person that's sort of born into privilege and just kind of flows through life in this privileged way. All of that privilege is really just a, it's egocentric 3D matrix stuff is all that is. And if you ever try to have a deep conversation with someone that's had that life experience, a lot of times they can't go that deep because they don't need to, they never had to. And I look at that and think, gosh, what a pity. You know, if I'm going to judge, I'll start to judge that, you know, oh, okay. You haven't had that experience, uh, you know, because you haven't had to, to go through. So there was some guy on TikTok uh, the other day I was flipping through and he was like this younger guy, you know, really good looking. He'd just come from the gym and he was giving like workout advice to people. Like if you're fat, you need to do, 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 all this kind of stuff. And I just laughed. I'm like, you know, I have been fat and I've been in shape throughout my entire lifetime. And I would rather listen to someone who's actually walked that path than someone in their twenties, <laughs> you know, who just happens to be in shape and looks great. And therefore people want to you know listen to you. It's just so funny that the, the, the depth has not been created there. And that's not bad. I mean, if this dude's living a joyful, abundant, happy life, good for him. But when you really go deep with someone, think about it. It's usually that person that's been through some stuff and that stuff has created the depth. And if they're appreciating it, what they're saying to you is, gosh, you know, I was abused as a child and what I came to learn from that or how I experienced that, or now I do this. Think of the joy that that activates in us when we hear that, as opposed to I was abused as a child and now I'm a drug addict and and, I became an abusive parent and my life has just been a mess. They haven't worked through it enough, if they ever do, to move through the experience and expand in it. We all love that expansion. That's why we love these stories of triumph through tragedy and through pain and through trauma, because we love that. That's what we're here for. So if you never create any of that for yourself, you're not creating that opportunity to go into those depths and to learn and experience and expand through them. Again, so much to un- unpack and what was coming through is just like 
that that depth is created through that adversity, as you were saying, and like bringing that sense of appreciation as you're tapping into there, like to that adversity allows you to really experience life in a joyful, abundant way. It's not necessarily like making or chasing the the joy or chasing the thing externally. It's like, how do I find that internally, even in the moments when externally seems a little bit chaotic, right? Yeah, it's just getting there sooner. It's not taking, mm. you know, years or a decade or decades to work through something, realizing that we, if we start doing this vibrational work, just the meditation, just allowing your source. And, and when I say meditation, I'm not talking about a specific posture or amount of time without thought. Any time that you can sit in silence and appreciate, listen to birds chirp, just appreciating where you are and what you're experiencing is enough. If you can quiet your mind, if you want to practice that, yes, you can get better and better at that. I had a Kundalini awakening uh, right away when I started meditating and I realized it was this version of me that was so bottled up wanting to get out that when I finally went there it, it just exploded. It was this massive mm. energy release that still electrifies me to this day. And when I channel, I'm very much in the presence of that. Mm. And, but I didn't, I didn't have some formal practice. I was sitting uh, in, in an easy chair with my feet propped up doing a little bit of breath work uh, and as much silence as I could get in my home. And it, it, it just happened. I wasn't looking for it. And since that I've learned not to go looking for things, <laughs> yeah. you know, anything in life that you go looking for, it, you're going to have challenges in finding it because we talk a lot about activating the vibration of need. When we get into that vibration of need of anything, the universe is always going to say, yes, you need it. And that's the experience you're going to have is more need. So it's, it's, it's really about going into the silence, going inward, understanding that source is always already there and all the abundance that you need is already within you. And just allowing that to be realized the, just through a little bit of silence and a little bit of appreciation every day as a practice. And the more you do it, the better it gets. And you create mm. this awakening journey for yourself. And it's amazing. It's easy to do as long as you were diligent about making sure you're setting aside time to do it every day and not letting the matrix tell you, you don't have time. Mm. Oh no, you don't have time for that. I, I can't tell you how many people have come into my coaching programs and, uh, you know, they, they pay money, they come in, they've already gone on a long journey, you know, listening and, and, and reading my book and doing all of this stuff. And then they come in, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, you do. And it's amazing to me when they realize they do have time to do this stuff because in the beginning, like I said, it's work, but then it turns into something that's great pleasure and you understand how powerful you are and you understand that absolutely you can manifest the time to do anything. Mm. And we have so much distraction in our current world. That's why the quiet time without the device, without the email, without the social media feed, as much as I love that stuff, you know, just like everybody else, turning all that stuff off and allowing your inner being to be realized. That's the most powerful mm. thing you can do. I totally agree with you. It's almost in those moments, like everything else just dissolves <laughs> into it, right? It's just this, moment where everything just is and there's not really words to even explain that 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 feeling sometimes because it just everything else collapses into that moment and when you have that connection to that to that time and to yourself and to source 
the intentional action that you actually need to take flows so much greater and it's so much more sustainable as well because you're so connected to who you truly are rather than how do I get or as you said earlier that need for things and then that's what creates that kind of resistance to actually push things away so I really really loved what you what you had to say there because I think that's such a great reminder to people who are are chasing as well don't chase just sit be quiet (laughs) with yourself so as we kind of come towards the end of end of this interview there's so much more that I could go on about (laughs) with you because I feel like it was super fascinating to hear you open up in the ways that you did and hear about your journey and I'd love for you as we do wrap up to to leave our listeners with where they can connect with you how they can find you if you have any offerings available right now to let to let them know as well about that sure uh, we're the stream of David everywhere. So uh, the best, uh, if you really want to get into these teachings, uh, listen to the podcast. The Stream of David podcast is is just the, we have, gosh, almost 200 episodes now. Uh, you can start at any place. Uh, it's my vibrational journey. The very first time I channeled the stream to anyone was on the podcast. Wow. 2017, I sat down Amazing. in my room in San Francisco yeah. and just create a recording and it was really different than my channel mm, now, uh, but there's a whole journey and there are people that have started the beginning and listened to the whole thing a couple of times. You don't necessarily have to do that, but um, the, the message has evolved. It's always rooted in universal law, but the tools mm. and the teachings and all that over the last four years have evolved significantly because we teach it to people all over the world now. And it's, it's life-changing life-changing as we evolve so does everything else that we create as well you know so as we as we finish thank you for sharing where people can connect with you and that will all be in the show notes so people can head down there if they're looking to connect with david even further i'd love for you to to wrap us up with with one final thing whatever that is that comes through to you right now and your channel so you'll be good at this (laughs) the the final thing is is that i i've dumped a lot of information <laughs> a little yeah. bit of time. The stream is really good at that uh, when they're coming mm. through. I, I channel formally and informally, but when I'm having yeah. fun, I'm channeling. Uh, and you're a delight to talk to, so it was coming Thank through you naturally. So that all of these things that, that might sound confusing and even daunting in the beginning, we just have to remember that when we, when we are in a low vibrational state, we are a different being than when we're in a high vibrational state. That's why all of this quietness, all of this appreciation, all of this raising your vibration is so important. It's not about necessarily attracting X, Y, Z. It really is about changing your life exactly as it is right now to one that you can appreciate and then allow all the other stuff to come flowing in naturally because you don't need it anymore to be happy. That's Mm -hmm. the key. That's the key to real happiness. Otherwise, you're just always chasing the next thing. I did that for a lot of years and it didn't work very well. (laughs) I can resonate with that completely. (laughs) But that's what makes us doing the work we do now right because we've walked we're walking this path we're still on it <laughs> what brought us here indeed. exactly thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom today it's such a pleasure having with you having with you having you here and connecting <laughs> with you i always find at the end of the podcast where you've whether like something's come through really nicely and then by the end i'm like saying all the wrong words <laughs> no it was perfect thank you so much yeah it was a pleasure thank you so much and thank you to everyone who's tuned in today don't forget to head down to the show notes if you're looking to connect with myself or david further after this episode sending much love to you all and see you later